Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Morning. Welcome, welcome. Happy New Year. Welcome to everybody that's here, obviously, and those that are watching online. Um, appreciate uh, Barry giving me the opportunity to, to share some stuff with you guys today and be able to speak to you a little bit. Um, Barry and Wendy, uh, happy anniversary. I know it's your anniversary weekend, so while you're not here, so I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves. Take a little time off. Well-deserved, obviously, so happy anniversary. Um, how's everybody's Christmas? Good Christmas? Yeah? Two people anyway? Okay. I'm trying to figure out where everybody else is at. I guess that was a late game last night, huh? Okay. So, um, Christmas time. Obviously, we talked about the, the real meaning of Christmas, but uh, we also got a few gifts here and there. Um, I remember being a kid and uh, looking forward to toys. I think there's times in our lives we actually are able to turn a corner. Uh, when you start talking about Christmas gifts, I remember those toys and really wanting those toys. But then I remember kind of turning the corner and becoming a, uh, a teenager. And it seemed to me like I got a little bit more clothes and stuff, maybe, maybe a few electronics in today's world. So maybe turned a corner there. And as an adult, it seems like maybe we give books more or, or whatever. We, we go through different phases of our life. And apparently I turned a corner this year and didn't really know it. So I uh, thought I'd share with you what I got in my stocking this year. Apparently, I turned a corner. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't sure that I had turned that corner yet, but I, I'll take the hint. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things. When you start talking about New Year's, we also talk about turning corners and, uh, and turning other corners. Um, you know, fresh starts, those types of things. We've got another anniversary in the house I don't want to fail to mention. Stephanie and Rick, y'all give it up for them. Happy anniversary. So in their wisdom, they decided that they were going to get married on New Year's Day, and they thought they would turn that corner. So, you know, a lot of different things go into those types of things, and we start talking about New Year's resolutions. Raise your hand if you're one of those New Year's resolution people. One. I got one New Year's resolution. Surely not. Really? Nobody in here does? Y'all are killing me. Really? Okay. <laughs> Well, what's the New Year's, spit out some of the New Year's resolutions that are pretty typical. What do you guys usually think of? What do you hear other people talk about then? Weight loss. Weight loss is a big one. What else? Finances. What else? For Christians, I'm going to read my all the time. You know, we all have different resolutions and different things we put out there. And the question really is why? Um, some of the most common, health, financial, and again, reading our Bible more seems to be a lot of those different types of resolutions. So why do we set resolutions? We set resolutions because it's a way to reset things. That new year, we want to be able to start fresh. We want to be able to shed some of the old. But a lot of times, um, you have some of the same people, including myself, go through the same resolutions. This year, I'm going to do X. Well, this is the year I'm going to get this done, or I'm going to do better this year. 
So wanted to really look into why we fail so many resolutions and why we even bother set them to start with. Most of the time it's because of the fact that we just have the wrong motivation. We haven't, you know, we haven't thought deep enough about the resolution to even understand what we're doing with it or how to even set what might be a good New Year's resolution. We don't have the right mindset. So uh, Paul wrote in Ephesians, if I put it up here. All right. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off all sinful nature and your formal way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So, so many times when we start talking about resolutions, the issue is it's, we make those resolutions about us. I want to lose some weight. I need to do this, or I need to do that. And again, it's the wrong mindset of what we should be looking at. So um, wanted to jump into, uh, really wanted to get into, um, I lost my notes here, sorry. Getting into the right mindset, um, not only understanding that we are supposed to put on this new nature and that God is able to, to do that through Holy Spirit and ask Holy Spirit for guidance in those types of things. The question is, okay, so how do we go about it? A lot of times we try to make plans. Um, if I want to do weight loss, I, I, want to, I put an arbitrary date, date out there, or I put an arbitrary amount of weight I want to lose, or I want to do this, or I pull up a new cool Bible plan that tells me I've got to read this and that every day, and basically pull out a checklist, whether or not it's financial, whether or not it's health, uh, et cetera. So let's talk about making plans for a second. Anytime you want to get into wisdom and you really want to start diving deep into the Word of God, go to Proverbs. It's all there. Every bit of it. So let's go to Proverbs 16. We're going to go 1 through 9. It says, we can make our own plans, but the Lord gives us the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. The Lord has made everything for his own purposes, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests the proud and will surely be punished. Unfailing love and faithfulness makes atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace. Better to have little, and I'm going I'm to read this one twice because I had to when I was doing a lot of this research. This one hit me pretty hard. Better to live, or better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So when we talk about New Year's resolutions, and we talk about setting up, you know, turning that corner and trying to be better this year and, and all of those things, whether or not you want to call it a resolution or not, it's really about the focus and is what we're trying to accomplish really to get closer to God? Is it of godly things? The same things we were just talking about, and we'll talk about them again in a second, whether that's health or financial, all of those things are right here in the Bible as well. So the question is, how do we make it less focused about us, and how do we focus on God? How do we make sure that our plans are aligning with God, and how do we make sure that our plans are 
honorable to God. Okay? In one word. Um, it's really simple, and then we'll break it down a little bit more than that, but it's the word margin. So margin is defined as the spare amount or measure or degree allowed or given for contingencies and special situations. Okay? So when we start talking about New Year's resolutions, instead of, I want to lose 10 pounds, maybe it's, God, what can, how can you use my health? What can I do to create margin in my health to be able to serve you more this year? Does that make sense? How about my finances? Is there a way for me to be able to create some margin so, God, you can, you can use me? I want to be used by you. So... The issue is you can't give what you don't have <laughs> when it comes to margin. You cannot give what you don't have. And that includes time. Okay? So, we wanted to continue to go on with God's blessings. If we want to actually turn a corner, we want this year to be better than last year. We want to be different this year versus last year. We need to align with God. And we need to start looking at some different areas of our life where maybe we can create some margin. So, again, the most popular, we're at health, finances, maybe reading our Bible a little bit more. So let's, let's go ahead and get into some of that. Um, health. Let's talk about it. I'll be honest. This is one of those, I think Barry refers to it as, you know, you start to research something or start to put together a lesson and something hits you. I think he says, hit you in the forehead. This is one of them. How's the fat guy get up here and talk about health? That was a lot of what was going through my mind when I was reading through some of this. But I was reminded of a time about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when instead of it being about me or me personally, found a way to get motivated and really start exercising. There was a, a whole team that was run, doing a lot of running together to raise money um, for a charity. And so got really involved in it. But what I remember in going through this was it wasn't about me. I made it about somebody else. I made it about something else. And it actually brought me so much closer to God that I was praying while I was running. I was spending more time in the word when I was running. And over the course of about two years, lost 80 pounds, got really healthy. Something else happened. I ended up getting, uh, we actually ended up running the half marathon, ran the half and then got done with it and said, okay. I'm done and walked away. And over the time, all of that weight comes back, etc. My point being is once it started to become about me again, failure happened over and over and over and over again. So from a health standpoint, let's pull up 1 Corinthians. Do you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you've received from God, you are not your own. You are bought with a price, therefore God, honor God with your bodies. Man, that is tough as I'm eating that extra biscuit for me. But it's not just physical health. We'll talk about mental health here in just a little bit. But from a physical standpoint, how do I create margin? It's not about how much you weigh. God can use you anywhere you are. Wherever you're at, God can use you today, right now. There's no debate about that. There's no, there's no argument about that. But 
If you want to get healthy, if that's a New Year's resolution, if that's something you're wanting to do, it shouldn't be about how many pounds or how fast or anything else. It's, okay, God, what are you telling me? How do I get healthier? What do I need to do? And you make that part of a daily journey. Again, we're to honor God with our own body. If we focus on the why and we ask Holy Spirit to help us, we will get healthier. What happens when we're healthier? We're able to actually help other people. You'd be surprised. I'm just looking back at how many conversations where people come up and say, man, how do you do it? How, how are you, you know, raise, how are you running so much? That's so hard for me to do. As a large person, that's extremely tough to do. But then we got, I remember how many different conversations started to surround with, you know what? I don't know how I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I'm speaking to God every day. And I am sitting there going, just let me sit here beside the road, and then I could hear Holy Spirit say, no, push on, push through. There's a reason for this. There's a reason for this, etc. Okay? It matters why. It really, really does in all of this. So health. Time. How's y'all's calendars look? You know, we always have people want to start the new year, oh, well, I'm going to do this better, I'm going to do that better. But we've got to start to think about how much time we actually have. Can God use you? Absolutely. If your calendar is so full, if you were to make a little room in that calendar, could he use you more? Absolutely. I read a really awesome story about uh, three weeks ago. This young man was a college student, and he had decided that he didn't have enough time. He didn't have enough margin in his calendar. And it really hit him because he was driving down the road and he just didn't have time. Somebody beside the road needed his help. And he decided he just didn't have time. So in his prayer time, he felt really convicted. So for the next three years, while he was in college especially, and now my understanding is it's still the case, what he does is he leaves everywhere he's going 30 minutes early. Not just to be early, but so if something happens or there's somebody that God puts in his path, he will have the time to be able to assist. He'll be able to help. What would that look like for us? How do our calendars look? Some of us, health is not an issue. Not at all. For some of us, health is the issue. For some of us, time is the issue. Okay? How about our personal time? Your time with God. We've heard Barry talk all the time, and obviously we know what the scripture says, you know, about taking some time and being able to take a Sabbath, even if that's four hours or five hours. How are we doing with that? Are we setting that time aside? Are we intentional about it? Are we asking God to help us with that? Why is it so important? I guess is one of the questions that I had going into this. God's plans for us to rest. Raise your hand here in the house. Raise your hand if you think God rested on the seventh day because he had to. Not one hand. So, and y'all, and so we all agree. God didn't say, man, I am so tired. I'm going to sit down because I've, I've been doing all this work, so I'm tired. No, God was modeling the way. He was teaching he was modeling the way for us to be able to sit down and to be able to 
create some rest for ourselves. In today's world, too much, we fill our minds, we completely use our capacity. Even if we're sitting still, we're not comfortable sitting still. We're not comfortable with peace. We're not comfortable with silence. We crowd ourselves so much and we crowd our brains, not just our calendars, with so much that it's difficult to even hear Holy Spirit actually talk to us. And we wonder why we fail when we've got these different objectives. Oh, I'm going to clear my calendar. But again, if we don't make God a part of that, we don't get his blessing in it. If it's not God centric, then we have to understand, just like it said, plans, you can make all the plans you want. God orders the steps. So let's not get down on ourselves because our plan failed. Let's look at the fact that maybe we're at the wrong plan. Maybe we didn't set this up. Maybe we set ourselves up from failure to start with. Okay. Talk about financials for just a minute. How about the church financials? Let's talk about margin. How many of y'all were here for the New Year's? Or how, many, how many of y'all were here for the Christmas Eve service? Raise your hand. Was that not an awesome service? That was fantastic. Why? Why was it so good? Do you remember what we did there right at the end of service? What an amazing way to be able to reach the community. What an amazing way to be the hands and the feet of Christ. So what if we were flat broke as a church because we spent every dime? Could we do those things? No. Okay, and again, health may be your issue. Maybe it's not any of these other ones. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's financials. It's just about creating margins. So many times in today's world, whatever God blesses us with, we use all of it. And maybe even then some. Okay? Um, we talk about individual financials. A lot of times that may come in the form of a raise or a bonus or a this or a that. And what happens is we end up consuming God's blessing as if all of it is meant for us. But I'd submit to you today that we're missing the mark. God blesses us so that we can bless others. Um, God answers prayers through his people. Um, when someone is hurting and needs something, there's not an ATM that falls out of the sky and falls in front of somebody that's in need, is there? No, that comes from his people. But we have to be able to be in a position. Are we in a position to be used? And are we available to be used by God? Table story. And I really debated whether or not to tell this or how I was going to tell it. But I want you to understand on the front end, this is, the story is very important for what it is. Um, but it has, the fact that it's, it happened to Rachel and I is completely irrelevant. So I want to make sure that, um, that I say it that way. About, uh, probably about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, uh, I was working late Christmas. It was actually um, about two or three days before Christmas. We were about ready to shut down the plant that I, that I worked, worked at. And one of the other uh, employees that was working there with me was just the two of us left. Everybody else had already gone. And we were sitting there, me and this young man were talking, and I had known him for about a year. We'd worked together. Um, so we were sitting there, and I could just tell something was wrong. Something was off with him. 
Okay, something was very off with him. Um, his mind was other places, etc. And, and it's about to be the Christmas season. We're about to walk out. We're shutting the doors. We're about to be off for a week. This should be, you know, celebration time, etc. But you can tell something was wrong with him. And so I asked him. I just asked him. I said, "What's going on?" And he started telling me the story about the fact that his son, who was this awesome basketball player, um, got a scholarship and uh, was going to school in Florida. And um, which was great. They were paying for school. Uh, they were paying for books, et cetera. There's no extra money in that at all. And so money was very, very tight. He was on a meal plan, et cetera. But the bottom line was they were shutting the school down for uh, the holidays. So uh, back then, I think we were, they were even still on quarter system, whatever. So he was going to have to be there by himself for basically two and a half weeks because there was no money to go get him. They were looking at flights. And flights were way too expensive. They even looked at... Um, you know, doing a Greyhound bus, way too expensive. So they were just trying to figure out. And, and he was really upset because he had talked to his son a couple hours earlier. And his son was really, really honestly depressed. He was going to be moved into a set of side dorms and was going to be there and try to get through the holidays the best he could. So I asked him, I said, what are we talking about? I mean, how much money are we talking about? And he said, well, for me to drive down and get him and whatever else, 250 bucks. And the hairs on the neck, on the back of my neck, stood up. Okay? Now, let me back up and give you a little bit of the prequel to this. Rachel and I had moved here, but we're, we're, we were struggling financially. Um, when we first moved here, we were struggling financially. We were trying to tithe and do the best that we could, but I was a firm believer back then that found money is found money. Found money is, found my, found money is my money. I can go do something with it. I need to celebrate. I need to do something with it. And I need to burn that up to the point where I think at one point we even established I didn't need my own card. <laughs> um, I just wasn't very responsible with it. Well, my life changed that day because just a week before this, just like we were playing Monopoly or something, we got a letter from the bank where something had happened. There was some sort of mistake. <laughs> And there was $250 that was being redeposited into our account. And so I immediately wanted to spend it. I was, I was ready to go. I was ready to spend that $250. And my wife, in all her wisdom, said, hold on. Let's leave it in there. And I asked her, I said, why? She said, well, I don't know. I've got a feeling that it may, there may, we may need to keep it for a rainy day. What occurred to me while I was sitting in front of Dion was that it wasn't my rainy day, it was his rainy day. God just provided it to us instead of him. And the reason, and, and I, I always asked myself, and I, I kept going back to it, and I kept asking, well, why didn't God just give it to Dion? If that's the case, why didn't he just give it to Dion? Because I wouldn't have been blessed. I wouldn't have been changed if he had just given it to Dion, which he could have done. But instead, not only was it a blessing to Dion, it was a blessing to me, my wife, my family, as a result of that. Now, to this day, Dion and I, we were texting this morning, as a matter of fact. We text all the time. He lives in North Carolina now, and we have got a lifelong friendship, but it was founded. And I don't know about you, you don't buy friendships for $250. It has nothing to do with what it's about. It's not about the money. 
It's about us stopping, listening, my wife listening to Holy Spirit, convict her, and not burning up everything that came our way. Financials. We're all different. We all have our strengths. We all have our strengths. Again, some of these categories, some of these things, I just mentioned three again, health, time, financials. Some of these are a lot easier for other people and all of us struggle in some area. And I probably, obviously just in three of them, there may be something else that's hitting hard for you. Something else that you need to turn a corner on. You need to look at the new year and figure out, okay, how am I going to do this different? How am I going to give this to God? How am I going to learn from this and then figure out what a better way is? And again, not setting arbitrary number or checklist or, or any of those types of things, but how do I truly want to dig deep and figure this out? So I'm going to pull up a little bit here in Colossians. This is a little long, so I apologize. This is Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Since God chose you, and he did choose you, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender heart of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together. Nothing will break your heart more than whenever you, when God puts somebody in your path and you can't figure out a way to help them. Nothing will break your heart more. So which binds us together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its riches, richness fill your lives, teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives. And I'm going to hit that one hard here in a minute, but I'm going to read it again. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God and thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it with a, as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So, sounds great. Okay. But margins we got to work on. Again, it may not be one of these three categories. Maybe there's somewhere else you can identify that you need to create some more margin. You need to be able to do some things to make yourself more available, more accessible for God's blessings. Because you'll be blessed for it. We're all different. Again, we're all better in different situations. Um, but it's important to identify what that is for us because we are all completely different. Sounds like a heck of a way to set a New Year's resolution, huh? Let's figure it out. And then let's put a godly plan together and let's make sure that we, uh, that we keep God-centric in it. So now we have the what, we have the why, how. How do we do that? All right, so... I'm going to read out of 1 Timothy. This is why we work hard. 1 Timothy 4, 10 through 13, sorry. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For our hope is in the living God who is the Savior of all people and particular, particularly all believers. Teach these things and insist 
that everyone learn them. Teach these things and insist that we all learn them. I'll get to that in a minute. Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church and encouraging believers and teaching them. I, I, you notice it didn't say, hey, make sure you finish this Bible plan or, or that Bible plan. What does it say? Focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. So, I, I think I put in the notes two, it's actually three. So let's talk about how do we do that. Really in three steps. One, obviously see God first. We have to see God first. It's got to be God-centric or Again, you can make all the plans you want. You can put together whatever diet plans you want. You can put together whatever financial plans. You can try to rearrange your calendar, all those things. It's like building a house on top of sand. Okay? So make sure it's God-centric, number one, first and foremost. But number two, seek out wisdom. True, true biblical wisdom. Seek it out. My wife quotes, and been quoting to my kids for years, uh, she says, comparison is a thief of joy. Now, when does she say that? Well, when they're arguing and, you know, Alex says, well, Avery got to do so-and-so, or Avery says, well, Alex got to do so-and-so. Well, how about Benjamin? He got to do so-and-so. And my wife will, almost on cue, spit it out. Comparison is a thief of joy. So I did a little research. And not only is it C.S. Lewis, it's also um, Twain, Roosevelt. It's been the, the quote, and there's even some questions of, you know, how far the quote goes back. But the bottom line is, when I read it and upon this research, I've decided they're, they're wrong. They're missing a word. There's a whole word that's missing that changes that entire statement. It's comparison alone is the thief of joy. And that's the problem with a lot of our society today. Everybody wants what everybody else has. It's a comparison. But what are we doing about it? What are the actions? How are we actually attacking it? What are we doing about it? And have we asked God to help us with that? So when we talk about seeking wisdom, it works like this. Find somebody who's biblically wise in the area that you are struggling in. If I think I, just a little while ago, I think I read that not only are we to teach, but if we're to teach, for those of you that are strong in certain areas, you have to be willing to share the information. <laughs> How did you get so wise? What are the right steps? Help, help those of us that don't know or struggle in certain areas or be available. So if somebody picks up the phone in the next few weeks and calls you and says, hey, you mind if we grab lunch? I just need to talk. There may be something to that. They may be seeking something. They may be seeking some wisdom from you. You have something that they're struggling in. Be willing to share that. Also understand we've got to be the ones to step out. We have to seek wisdom. It's one of the things that I love when the, the two churches combined here was the wisdom that as a very young church, we, didn't, we just didn't have. We just didn't. And now we do. It's amazing to me. I love, you know, one of my favorite times in the last couple of years has just been sitting around a couple campfires with a couple of the gentlemen that are here just soaking it up. 
Seek out wisdom. Understand the difference in doing something about something and learning is the problem. You've got to be willing to do it. Number three, seek to learn. Okay? Seek to learn. What does that mean? Well, until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church. It's not about a Bible plan. It's not about a checkbox. It's about actually seeking to learn, to get thirsty. And if you ask Holy Spirit to help you with that, to give you the fire, to put the fire within you, to learn, to research, to do those things when you want to find out something, it's all here, every bit of it. It's all in there. We just, it's not going to jump out at us. It's not going to come find us. We need to actually work and ask Holy Spirit to give us that desire. Okay? So, seek God first. Seek out wisdom. And then seek to learn. So, in closing, New Year's resolutions. Is yours financial? Is yours time? Is yours health? What margins do you need to work on? What boundaries do you need to set? Can you turn the corner this year and make this year different? Well, you've got to do something different. You've got to figure out what it is. And anytime, just looking at this and what I found going through all of this, the more you put a number on something, the better chance it's never going to happen. I'm going to read X amount a day. I'm going to save X amount of money. I'm going to lose X amount of pounds. Get rid of the numbers. Health, time, financials. Why are you doing it? And what's your plan? More importantly, is that plan aligned with God? Who do you need to sit down with? <laughs> I'd love to hear everybody's having lunch together or having dinners together, etc. Um, but who do you need to sit down with? What do you need to learn more about? Where do you feel like your weaknesses are? With his help and guidance, obviously, if it's honorable to God and it's true, trying to reach God and to get closer to God. And ultimately, if that's the New Year's resolution, is to get closer to God. I want to be used more by God this year than ever before. I promise you he'll honor you with it. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Lord, to spend the last, last couple of weeks um, just researching this. Father, I know that a lot of these, a lot of this word was for me personally, but I also know, God, that it's for everybody in this room. It's just a matter of what. Father, Lord, I ask that you, uh, that you help everybody identify what that area in their life is that they need more margin in so that they can grow closer to you, God. Father, Lord, I ask you uh, all of these names, all these things in your precious, precious name, holy name we pray. Amen. Thank y'all. Get out of your way. Me and my magnifying glass. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. 
We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.